Thank you. Thank you. Um, as, yeah, I'm Jen. Um, for those of you that don't know me, it's so fun to be here and to see new faces. I love new faces. I'm going to be talking today on the topic of sin, <laughs> um, which um, I appreciate can feel a bit heavy. Um, but please do stick with me because I think it gets good. <laughs> um, you probably have heard stories of Jesus healing people. We've already talked this morning about how Jesus is a healer. Um, and if you're sitting in this room, I'm willing to bet you're kind of familiar with the gospel format of stories of people coming to Jesus ill or sick or injured. Injured? Yeah. Um, Jesus healing them and then going away healed and rejoicing and it being great. And even earlier on in Mark chapter 1, which is where we are today, um, there are stories of Jesus healing people, like right at the beginning of this gospel. In my Bible, there is a like subheading um, earlier in Mark 1 that just says, Jesus heals many. <laughs> um, he is a healer. But this encounter that we're going to look at today, I think, stands apart from the others a little bit. Um, there is scandal even in the first six words of this encounter. I'm going to read it out for us. It is Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. It's also on the screen behind me. It says, And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Did you catch the scandal? The leper came to him. A leper should not have been coming to a rabbi. A leper is unclean. And being unclean in Israel was a big deal. In Leviticus, there are loads and loads of rules and instructions that tell us all about when a person is clean or is unclean, um, if they are unclean, how they can become clean again, and exactly what they need to do if they are unclean. The reason God gives in Leviticus chapter 15 that the priests need to be so careful to keep the people of Israel separate from their uncleanness is so that they don't die. This was life or death. Because the way, um, especially in the, time of, in the time of Leviticus, the way the Israelites lived was all intense. And right in the middle of um, the Israel, Israelite camp was a big tent called the tabernacle. And that is where God dwelt. It was where he lived. And all of the other people would, in Israel would camp around the dwelling place of God. And if any of them were to come to this holy place where God dwelt while unclean, it could kill them. Because clean and unclean, they just cannot exist in the same place together. So it was not taken lightly in Israel for somebody to be unclean. Um, and yeah, you'll notice that this, this leper that is coming to Jesus hasn't come to Jesus and asked, Jesus, will you make me, or Jesus, will you heal me? He's asked Jesus, Will you make me clean? 
Because this leper's uncleanness was the biggest problem in his life. Because lepers were so unclean. They weren't like unclean from a, for a time and then they could like perform the rituals and give the sacrifices and become clean again. No, they were permanently unclean. They could make other people unclean just from touching them. Um, Jewish tradition and law likes, um, in order to keep people safe from being near enough a leper to touch them, goes so far as to say that even passing under the same tree as a leper would be enough to make you unclean. Listen to how Leviticus um, um, 13 inst- like gives instructions about um, what, how the way, the way that lepers were supposed to live um, in order to protect the rest of Israel from becoming unclean too. It says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Did you hear how harsh this language is? How bitter this life would have been for the leper. They were required to stay at a distance. Again, Jewish tradition would say about 50 paces back from anybody who was clean. They were required to look unapproachable um, with disheveled hair and torn clothing. And even if people were to get near enough to hear them, they were required to shout about how they were unclean so that people would know that they are an unapproachable person not to get too close. Can you imagine if in the middle of the pandemic, Boris Johnson had like put out an announcement saying, if you've got COVID, you gotta wear some torn clothes so we all know, and don't wash your hair so we know, and if people walk past your house, you need to shout out the window that you're infected so that they know to run away. Like, we'd be outraged. We, people just wouldn't do it, would they? Um, this was the life of the leper. They didn't have a choice in this. And do you remember in the like, middle of the pandemic how hard it was to keep the two-meter rule? Like, it just made life so difficult having to stay two meters from everybody when you were outside at all times. Um, sometimes, actually, in shopping centers, if it was like busy um, and you're just trying to get your food, it would feel impossible. This leper didn't have to stay two meters back. He had to stay 50 paces or more from anybody. This was a harsh and difficult life. But this is why it's so outrageous here, where this leper does not stay back. This leper comes right up to Jesus, the rabbi, and kneels at his feet. Shouldn't have been allowed there. How did he get that close without being stopped? Um, it's, It's an outrageous encounter. I spent a long time trying to think of an example of how outrageous this encounter would be. And the closest I can come up with is a story that my colleague told me. It was actually about this time last year when I was living in Liverpool and working as a nurse in the um, surgical theatre department. Um, and the way our theatres were like organised, or like the 
the floor layout, because that's what you're interested in, isn't it? Um, is that we would have like what we'd call the dirty corridor. It's just a normal corridor. And then this like little passageway. And then what we'd have what we call the clean corridor, um, like parallel to it. And that was the corridor off which you get all of the surgical theatres and the operating rooms. Um, and to be on the clean corridor, I had to wear these really attractive Crocs that had like had never been worn outside. You had to wear scrubs that the hospital provided you so that the hospital knew that they had been cleaned to an appropriate standard. I had to wear this really fun hairnet thing. Um, this was just a step foot on the corridor because obviously the corridor needs to be clean because the surgical theatres need to be clean. Um, and even with all of these things, like I still was not allowed to get anywhere near the surgeons where they were operating because I hadn't scrubbed up and I was a recovery nurse so I wasn't actually involved in the operating bit. But one of my colleagues told me this story where they had been on a night shift and they were waiting in recovery for um, a patient to come out. They didn't have any patients at that point. And they heard the door open from the like non-clean corridor and watched as this man just walked straight past and onto the clean corridor. And they said he, they thought probably he was a homeless guy. He was wearing like shoes that were dirty. He was not wearing scrubs. Um, his hair didn't look clean. And he's just wandered onto the clean corridor um, of this surgery. And even as my colleague was telling me this story, I was like, what? How did he get there? Who let him up? Like, it was just, like, outrageous to even imagine someone not in scrubs being allowed on that clean corridor of the hospital. Um, but this encounter with Jesus is even more outrageous. This is not just somebody um, coming and, like, potentially endangering the sterile field of a surgery. This is a leper, an outcast, someone who was too unclean to even be amongst the people of Israel coming before the same Lord who's dwelling in the tabernacle and in the temple of Jerusalem was the very reason for these rules in the first place. This isn't just an unlikely encounter between two individuals. This was two realities colliding. This was unclean and the clean one being like, within a meter maybe I don't know how close he actually was but too close this was a bizarre encounter because lepers in Israel were a living representation of sin they were a like life theater almost of displaying the devastating impact of sin um sin no his leprosy would have impacted this guy's whole life. Um, the like, leprosy that we see in the Bible actually could mean like, a bunch of different skin conditions. Um, so we don't actually know this guy's specific problem, but he would have had this illness that would have maybe caused pain, maybe left disfigurement, maybe messed with the nerves in his fingers so he couldn't do normal things. Um, not only that but it also meant that he has to live his whole life outside, rejected, outcast, isolated, alone. Do you remember, like, we all have some idea now of what isolation feels like, how damaging and devastating it could be. But this guy didn't have, like, 
an easing of restrictions to look forward to. This would have just been his whole life. He had to live outside the camp. And this idea, this is really important and helpful for Israel and for us. I need images like this to help me see how broken and dirty my sin really is. I need pictures like this so that I can start to get an idea of how hopeless and desperate my sin will really make my life because I am really at risk of becoming apathetic to this power that would kill me. Maybe you can relate. I, I think I would be far quicker to try and want to be rid of like an Ill, like a physical illness or like a wound, um, then I sometimes am to want to be rid of sins that are rotting my heart and ruining my life. This is not an abstract picture. This is the actual impact of sin. It is devastating and corrupting. That lost temper that you have time and again, that over-dependence on alcohol, that shady business with your finances, that envy or selfishness which would seek to deny others, that entrenched resentment, that habitual use of pornography. These are all killing you. These sin is an enslaving power that would hold us in bondage. It will kill your joy. It will destroy your relationships and your friendships. And maybe most terrifyingly of all, it will make you wholly unclean and unable to approach God. And you'll be left outside the camp. And maybe one of the worst parts for this leper is how completely hopeless this situation is. There is nothing that he can do to change his situation. There is nothing he can do to become clean again. This guy has one hope. Jesus. So he comes and he breaks rules and custom and law and he kneels at Jesus' feet and he asks him, will you make me clean? And I wonder what he was feeling like as he did this. I wonder if he had looked up whether he would have seen horrified faces in the crowd, people withdrawing, people looking repulsed because he was there. We don't know how long this man has been isolated for. We don't know um, when the last time he was able to like be in community was. We don't know how long he has been repeatedly rejected and repeatedly pushed away. And I'm sure as he was there, we can, we can see from the way he talks, he says, you can make me clean. He has faith that Jesus can do it. But what he's doubting is if Jesus will. Will Jesus even want to? Will Jesus even allow him to be near enough to him to hear what he's saying, let alone actually do it? You know what Jesus says? When the guy's like, will you make me clean? Jesus says yes. And he's not saying like an, a flippant, yeah, why not? Jesus wants this man to be clean. 
And we can see that because not only does Jesus say, like declare cleanness over him, but Jesus does something even more scandalous than the leper coming in the first place. Jesus reaches out and he touches him. And he doesn't make the man clean and then touch him. He reaches in and touches him while he is unclean. It is the touch itself that makes this man clean. And Jesus, the problem wasn't that he was unaware that the man was clean. Jesus was more aware than anyone else there just how unclean this man was. Jesus was more aware than anyone else there the standard of holiness that this man could not reach. But Jesus, perhaps unlike everyone else there, does not pull back. Jesus moves in. This is what he does. And this is an insight into Jesus' heart towards us when we come to him unclean. There's a book I really like called Gentle and Lowly, which is all about Jesus' heart towards us. It's great, can recommend. But it puts it like this. It says that Jesus' heart is such that he stands and speaks in our defense when we sin, not after we get over it. When we choose to sin, though we do forsake our true identity, our Savior does not forsake us. These are the very moments when his heart erupts on our behalf in renewed advocacy in heaven with a resounding defense that silences all accusations, astonishes the angels, and celebrates the Father's embrace of us in spite of all our messiness. Yes, <laughs> Jesus' true and real will is to reach in and touch this unclean leper. It's his true and real will to reach in and touch us as we are unclean. And Mark shows us this um, in, by telling us Jesus' emotional response to the leper coming and kneeling at him. In the ESV that I read out, it says that Jesus was moved with pity. But your translation might say something different. It might say something like, Jesus became angry, or Jesus was indignant. Um, which is a bit strange on first reading. Um, it can be a bit confusing to try and figure out why Jesus is indignant at the man not wanting to be isolated. Um, but actually, what Jesus is angry about is, well, the reason Jesus is angry is because he sees, like he sees the extent of the destruction and devastation that uncleanness has caused in this man's life. Jesus cares about how this man's life has been ruined. And Jesus is angry that a power would do this to someone that he cares about. He is angry that this power has caused so much hurt and pain and brokenness. He is angry at the power that would separate this man from his presence. And as Jesus' anger is turned in full upon the disease, he destroys it. He ruins it. it. It's not allowed to stay in this man anymore. This one touch changed everything for the leper. He could have now, he was clean. 
It was, says in the, the one that I read, immediately the leprosy left him. And then he could have gone to see his family and hugged them. He could have joined in with the celebrations in the Jewish festivals that maybe like happen throughout the year. He could have got on a job and worked and earned some money and had a better quality of life. He could have come to the temple and brought his sacrifices and prayed in the presence of his God. And this leper, this is like wonderful for him, but he would not have had any idea of the real cost of him being made clean. I wonder if he even would have asked Jesus to make him clean if he knew what it would really cost him because I think you would just assume that no one's ever going to agree to that. Because as we all know, dirt doesn't just disappear, it doesn't vanish. I really like Clinel wipes. <laughs> They're these um, antibacterial disinfectant wipes that we use in hospital. They're great. Um, and whenever I, like, if I see like, a, a particularly like, grimy surface, I'm getting out my Clinel and I'll like, clean it up and then stand and admire my work, all proud of myself. <laughs> And then I look down at the cloth I've used, and it is normally disgusting. Like, sometimes it is so gross. I don't understand how this grossness has come off this surface. One time, I cleaned something that like, just seemed a bit, a bit grimy. I looked down, and there was like sludge on the wipe. I don't understand. That went straight in the bin. But that's the thing. The dirt doesn't just disappear. It moves. It gets transferred somewhere else. And that's sort of what's happening here, is this man was able to be made clean because Jesus would later become unclean. Paul puts it like this. He says that for our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God Jesus became sin. He didn't just take punishment for sin, he became it. He became uncleanness so that this leper could become clean. He became sin so that we might become righteousness. What? This man was able to come into the camp because one day Jesus would go out of it. As Jesus hung on the cross at Calvary, in pain and dying, he was forsaken. There were those words where he cried out, my God, why have you forsaken me? At Calvary, on the cross, Jesus was cast out. He was sent outside the camp. He was left utterly alone. He was completely rejected from the presence of his father. Also that we would not have to know that. So that we could come in to the presence of his father. And Jesus knew the cost. Jesus wasn't going around healing people, making them clean, and then later was like, oh no, I've made a mistake. I need to like pay for this somehow. Jesus knew the cost as he touched the leper. He knew the cost as he declared the leper clean. And still he said, 
I will. I want to. Jesus knew the cost when he chose you and called you in. And still he says, I want to, because I want you. So when we come scandalously, just like the leper, right into Jesus' presence, asking to be clean, Jesus will always say yes. Despite the mess that we come with, that we have made, despite the things that we think we'll never be free from, that sin that you've repented from a hundred times, I just can't seem to shake. Despite that failure that you are carrying, as you come into his presence and say, will you take this from me? Jesus says, yes. Does the band want to come back up? We are free now to come into the presence of the Alpha and Omega, this holy one, carrying our like dirty, messy, like gross stuff. We can come right up to his throne and hand it to him and be like, will you take this from me? And he will say yes. And here's how I know that he says yes every single time. Because as we come and kneel at his feet, we are kneeling at feet that have already been wounded for us. We are kneeling at feet that hold scars to prove how Jesus has already said yes to us. He has already gone outside the camp for us. He has already become sin for us. So now he will always say yes. So I just want to invite us again to come and kneel at his feet. Ask him to take the gross stuff that maybe we're carrying. Uh, um, our sin or our anxieties or our fears and hold them out to him and say will you take them and let him say yes to us again and let him touch us again I'm actually just going to read out that story one more time because um, it's a good story it's worth reading again and then I'll hand over to the band and we're just going to sing a song it says and a leper came to him imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. <laughs>